1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, how are you, my man?
2: Doing all right. How are you? I am good. Today.
1: Yeah. You were busy today? Yes, I was. Me quite, too.
2: Yeah, quite busy. We're both kind of uh, going from place to place. I actually went from podcast to uh doing some stuff over at uh, Broncos HQ for a thing on uh, Team History that will be airing on Channel 7 here in the next few weeks.
1: All right, I'm not trying to poke fun at the Broncos. Uh, As a longtime journalist, and I don't really consider myself a journalist anymore because I'm doing sports talk radio. When I was in television, I was a journalist. I always get a kick out of people misusing the word exclusive. Young journalists just don't know what that means meaning if you're in the locker room with people Mm -hmm. and there's a whole bunch of media and you and I walk up to somebody individually and we interview them, let's say it's Melvin Gordon for the sake of argument. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wouldn't really call that an exclusive. Yes, we were the only ones standing in front of him at the time, but he talked to other people. I'm sure that he did. So I went to Denver Broncos.com today Mm -hmm. uh, to read up on what a couple of guys who worked there and you worked with them. Uh, about what George Payton said. They talked about different positions.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And one of the guys did a uh, quick interview with George Payton. Mm -hmm. And he said, this essentially was exclusive. George only talked to us. And I'm thinking, I hope so. You're the Denver Broncos mouthpiece. I hope he talked to you. And I'm not surprised he's the only one that talked to you. I don't think you need to trumpet that the team website got the only interview with George Payton. Learn how to use the phrase correctly. Of course you're going to get the interview. You should be embarrassed if you didn't get the interview. But don't claim it's some great exclusive when, of course, you're going to be the first person he talks to. People in the organization tend to talk to the website first, the team reporters first, and the flagship stations first. Just because you pay for the content like Channel 9 doesn't mean, well, gee, look what I got. No, Channel 9, you paid millions of dollars for it. That's why you got the interview. Not because George Payton is dying to talk to you.
2: You really had to get that off your chest, didn't you? I did. I listened to this like thirty all, minutes ago. All because like, I, come on. All because I said I shot some video stuff for Broncos history pieces over there.
1: No, no, I was gonna bring <laughs> this up anyway. Okay. I was gonna bring right. this up anyway. It
2: just it was a serendipitous uh confluence then is what you're saying. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I listened to this earlier. I rolled my eyes. I was not going to put anything out on Twitter because I did not want to embarrass the two guys who, honestly, I don't know very well. You know them very well. I'm sure they're lovely guys, and I'm sure they work very hard, and I'm sure they are talented. But understand that, of course, you are going to get the only interview. Your paycheck is signed by the Denver Broncos. They're going to give George to you first, as well they should. But don't trumpet yourself as getting some huge exclusive when you work in the same building time now for the lead
0: the lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk okay Melvin Gordon
1: a lot of Broncos are at uh, the Super Bowl right now everybody whores themselves out and they do tons of interviews and they sling all kinds of products Melvin Gordon doing an interview at the Super Bowl and he was asked about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers Coming to Denver And basically what he said was Yeah we talked about it in the locker room Last year and you know it's Not to say that there was a huge buzz about it But yes we had that conversation And we would love to have him On the team No knock against the guys in the quarterback room What I found interesting As much as anything else was Is the fact that Melvin Gordon essentially Referred to himself As still part of the team And
2: he's a free agent Part of the team until you're not you're part of the t- you're you're part of the team until the new league year starts, and then you're officially free agent. Well, that that's all technical. Yeah, he's, but he's he, not, he's you know, thinking that he's thinking this, and I think this is it's clear from the way he talks. He wants to come back. He does, and he particularly wants to come back if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, although. I do believe that his interest in returning to the Broncos is not predicated on the quarter who the quarterback is. It's not. It's Now, the level of contract he may take could be altered by the quarterback as well. Let's face it, if Aaron Rodgers comes in, there may not be much money left at the trough, and it may be a below-market-rate deal, but I believe he'd be willing to take that for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not so much, but a hometown discount, perhaps if you're talking about some, either someone coming via free agency trade, someone else other than Rodgers, or a draft quarterback. Well, but I think he
1: wants to be here. I'll share a conversation with you through somebody who I know very well who had a conversation with him. Let's just say that the Broncos' interest in bringing him back as of right now, because things could change, mm-hmm. but as of right now has been lukewarm. It's been lukewarm. Now, so granted, he's lobbying a little bit. Right. Now, granted, granted, um, we don't know what the Broncos are going to do in the draft. I doubt they will take a running back high up in the draft. I don't know who's necessarily going to be available um, at the running back position. You can always find guys. Though. Yeah, There's, there are always guys. And I don't know what Melvin really wants. He had a pretty good season. He should ask for a lot of money. I'll give you a guy. I'll give you a team to keep your eye out for, though. The Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. They need a running back and they have money to spend. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Now, Aaron Rodgers was at the Waste Management Phoenix Open today. Uh, Quite possibly the most fun you will ever have at a golf tournament. It is down in Phoenix right now. It's always the same weekend or the weekend before the Super Bowl. And somebody yelled out to Rodgers, come to Denver. And Rodgers responded, we'll see. What (laughs) do you make of that? Absolutely nothing. Me too. What is he going to say? No, I'm staying. He he's going to break news there and say, no, I'm staying in
2: Green Bay. Yeah, you got Broncos fans yelling at him, and he's not going to say anything to put them off because ultimately, in that type of envir- environment, you're you're trying to please people, right? I mean, yes, Aaron Rodgers is very calculating how he does things, but he's all but he's also in that environment. He's an entertainer. What you're getting there is. Jeopardy host Aaron Rodgers, right? So you're going to play nice with people. Right. You're going to, you know, you're going to have literally the most non committal response. You know what? Will, you know, as a parent, let me ask you this. As a parent, when you say, we'll see if one of your kids asks you for something, what does it actually mean?
1: I'll think about it. And what I say to Mia and what I've said to Harrison is this. When I say, let me think about it. It's not a yes, and it's not a no. But if you're pinning me for an answer right now, I'll just tell you no right now. Yeah. So let me think about it. Before I make any, once I make a decision, I'm committed to it. And you have a right to hold me to it. So give me give me an hour or a day or whatever to think about it. So I can weigh my options and say, "Is this the best decision for us?" But once I commit to it, I don't like to go back on that
2: stuff. See, I will admit, for me as a parent, if I see, if I say, "We'll see," if my daughter asks me for something, mm-hmm. the answer is more likely going to be no. Oh, really? Yes. See, for me, it means I'll think about it, but I'll think, but I'll think about it and see if my mind has changed. Mm-hmm. But I'm simply. I'm I'm kicking the can down the road a little bit. My first instinct is no, yeah. but I'm willing to revisit it. Kind of like you. I'm willing to revisit it later, but my mind does not usually change. See here, that's funny you should say that because I'm kind of the opposite.
1: When I say we'll see, what I'm saying to my kids is this. Right now, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Let me... Let me wrap my head around it because whatever you're asking for, I want to find a way to make it happen. That's fair. I I want to make it happen, but right now I haven't found a way to make it happen. So instead of saying yes and then scrambling for a find a way to make it happen, let me find a way to make it happen in my own head and then I can say yes. When I say we'll see, there's a better chance I will say yes than no. Yeah.
2: So it's... That, that's in, that's interesting to kind of attack it that way. Because... Because if it's yeah, a no, right.
1: if it's a no, I'll say no right away.
2: Let me, let me tell you what I think this will see means. Okay. He does not yet have all the information at his disposal to make a decision, and he's not decided. Right. And in particular, the information at his disposal is, how are the Packers constructing things contract-wise and cap-wise? Right. And that it's not because it's not just his contract. It's if you get his contract in, it's how do you get Devontae Adams in? Probably how do you get Marquez Valdez Scantling back? And oh, by the way, all the other contracts you would have to restructure to make those possible. So in effect, Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers back probably has to restructure upwards of 10 to 12 contracts. Right. And because of that, they are not at a point where they have they can say, okay, Aaron, this is what we've got here, right? Now, all we have are signals, like, such for example, such as something that isn't subject to the cap, getting the arguably the best special teams coach money can buy. And the other thing we know in terms of how the Packers may try to go about the restructuring, if you're converting. If you're, if you're converting cap money to guaranteed money and signing bonuses and so forth, the Packers have a $400 million cash reservoir, so that gives them the flexibility to do things that maybe some franchises cannot. Let me say this before we go to break. If the Packers believe their only problem
1: <clears throat> is finding a new special teams coach, they're being incredibly short-sighted.
2: I'm sure they are, but that's, that is not their only problem. But the Rams but it, have but, a better
1: right. roster. Right period but
2: that but that is that that's all they can do today what's what, fine what can they do today to say hey we're trying to fix the things that went wrong so we don't fall short if you come back and that was literally the only play they could make at that moment the only the, way the other things have to come into play as they work on these contracts.
1: The only way this works out is if about seven to 10 guys say, I will restructure my contract. Other than that, Aaron Rodgers is looking at a rebuild.
2: That's it. At a a rebuild. And the the, the way to do it is going to be by, by, by giving more cash and taking advantage of being a cash rich organization. And so you're giving maybe you're, you're kicking the cap hit down the road, but you're putting more cash in hand.
1: Coming up after the break, we haven't spent a lot of time looking at the Super Bowl, but let's talk specifically, amongst other topics. We're going to talk about Joe Burrow. If he wins a championship on Sunday, okay, do you put him not only in the elite category, right? Or maybe he's already there, but would you possibly pick him of Rodgers, Mahomes, or Allen? I mean, I will have just won a Super Bowl, right? That's next.
2: I have Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen, Mile High Sports Radio, 981 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM in Denver.
1: Packed real estate on my friend Heather Taylor. You absolutely need to work with her if you're looking to buy or sell or lease. She's got a 12-person team, and they work together as a team to get you exactly what you want through creative, thoughtful, dynamic real estate services. Her brokers are ranked top 10 in the Denver metro area. So again, if you're looking to buy, sell, or lease, go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for the buzz.
0: (laughs) the buzz is presented by mighty plumbing and heating why does mighty plumbing and heating have over 600 five-star reviews no one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer go to mightyph.com i'm very much in the minority when i say this
1: statement and i'm going to go by what roy williams said when he coached at north carolina i i i covered roy at kansas he never won a title there and I don't think people in Lawrence will ever forgive him for that. So he goes to North Carolina, and after he won his first title as a head coach, he was asked something like, you know, are you now one of the greatest coaches of all time? Something like that. And his answer was very simple. One win didn't make me a better coach today. I
2: think Dean Smith said that too. Did he? Well, Back in 1982.
1: Well, yeah, because they, they, they're, the they're cut from the same cloth,
2: yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, Dean Smith said that uh, they've gone 21 years, and I believe uh, one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six previous Final Fours without winning at all. Right. And after they beat Georgetown, Michael Jordan's famous shot, he, he said exactly that. Didn't think he was a better coach than he was before.
1: Now, there is something to be said that is different between a player and a coach because the Coaches coach and they don't have control of the game. They only have so much control. Mm -hmm. So when you have a guy like a Tom Brady or a Joe Montana leading a game winning drive down the field, whether it's for a field goal or a touchdown under that type of pressure. That's a certain type of special. Mm -hmm. But with that, I'm not fully going to evaluate a player and how great he is just because his defense didn't show up on one particular day and he got hammered. With that, if the Bengals win, would you put Joe Burrow in the elite company of quarterbacks or is he already there?
2: Right now, he is at the bottom end of the elite. I'd say he's already in that top six or seven quarterbacks. Well,
1: statistically, I can tell you as a matter of fact, he absolutely is there. Yes. I believe he had the first or second highest quarterback rating in the league this year.
2: Right, and he did so coming off of an injury. And now he's all, no, no matter what happens on Sunday, I'm not big on QB wins, but... The Bengals have won three games, and in all three of those games, he was arguably the biggest reason why they won those games. So, okay. So now let's move. He's on. not, you know what? He's not flying the plane. He's the plane. So, with that, the most talented player on
1: the 49ers was not Joe Montana, it was Jerry Rice. And for at least one season in 1984, It was Roger Craig. Mm -hmm. With that, Joe Montana always found a way to get it done. Not the most talented guy, but Joe Cool. Hey, look, there's John Candy, right? Always found a way to get it done. So when we talk about Rodgers and Mahomes and Allen, easily the three most talented quarterbacks in the league. If Burrow wins this, Seeing the run he went on in the AFC playoffs, would you almost rather have him or are you putting him number four?
2: Well I would rather have him than Aaron Rodgers, but that's because of age. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers in two
1: thousand fifteen. So five years from twenty fifteen?
2: Yep. Oh, I'd, I'd rather have Joe Burrow. Rogers in
1: 2015 wasn't great. Okay, 14. You know <laughs> what I mean? Did we just waste 10 seconds on that? Well, this is worth noting. You know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Yes. So, who would you
2: rather have? I'll I'll take Joe Burrow because even then, Aaron Rodgers is in the tenth year of his career, and Joe Burrow's in the second. I, I'm I'm taking the if I've got two quarterbacks who are in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the younger quarterback all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Right. Because of the window that opens up. Burrow Allen. Who would you rather have if Burrow wins the title? Burrow. Mahomes Burrow.
1: Mahomes has one.
2: I'll take Mahomes. Yeah. Because I, I think what happened in the second half is of that Bengals game is something he's going to correct.
1: He might. I'll tell you this. He lost that game for them. He
2: did. He had the He literally the, the, the Bengals the, the coverage that the Bengals did that when they rushed it when they rushed 3 and they dropped 8. Mm. He didn't have an answer for it. And if he's but Mahomes to this point in his career, every time something different has been thrown at him, he's eventually figured it out. And I have no doubt he will figure out this
1: too. I don't know if Burrow's going to win this game. I don't because It's going to be tough to play that two-on-one game with that offensive line, meaning Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and oh, by the way, I'll throw in Floyd.
2: And the truth is, I think the Bengals are here probably a year or two earlier than expected.
1: I talked to my cousin, who's a huge Bengals fan because she lives in Cincinnati, and she said, this is gravy. We were expected to do this next year. Remember, Joe Burrow came off a season-ending injury, and he's arguably the comeback player of the year. You might want to give it to Dak Prescott, and that's fine. I think most reasonable people would give it to Burrow. Well,
2: in Cincinnati, they're knocking on wood because they're 60 minutes away from Joe Burrow getting through the season behind a duct tape and bailing wire offensive line without getting re-injured. And right. it, they get through this one game, They're in the clear. He then is going to be several months removed further from the ACL injury. And with $48 million of cap space and a pretty good offensive line draft, you know exactly where they're going in their offseason moves. They're going O-line, O-line, O-line. I agree. And so that is why I think justifiably every Bengal fan thinks the best is yet
1: to come here. Matthew Stafford, he has put up obnoxious. He has put up Madden-like numbers during his career for a franchise that isn't very good. If he wins a Super Bowl, I've heard some people say, this could be his ticket into the Hall of Fame. Do you believe that's the case?
2: He will need to put together just another couple of good, of really good seasons. I think Like one thing that works against him, one Pro Bowl.
1: He has right now, outside of one Pro Bowl, no all pros, outside of Kurt Warner going into his first Super Bowl. When Kurt Warner went into his first Super Bowl, he had the thinnest resume of anybody who's ever gone into the Hall of Fame. Number two on that list is Matthew Stafford. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at Wikipedia. You know what his career highlights and awards are? Comeback Player of the Year. Pro Bowl in 2014, Detroit Lions all-time team, first-team All-American at Georgia, Who cares about and second-team All-8 SEC. Yes. Now, think about that for a second. Some people are suggesting this guy might go into the Hall of Fame with a Super Bowl win, and you know what? At the end of the day, he might. But you said it. When you look at this resume, it is paper-thin outside of stats, and stats do mean something.
2: They mean something, but the interesting thing is this. He has had four league-leading numbers in a season in his career. Twice he led the league in attempts. Once he led the league in completions. And once he led the league in interceptions, which was this year. Now... He had a great season this year because, yeah, he had 17 picks, but he also had 41 touchdowns. This isn't Drew Locke with, with 15 interceptions and 16 touchdowns. Okay, This is right. massively different. But this resume overall, I can think of quarterbacks who were very good, but they're not in the Hall of Fame. Steve Barkowski had a better resume than this. Ken Anderson had a much better resume than this. He's been waiting 35 years to go in the Hall of Fame. Matthew Stafford, he's got to put together a few really good years with Sean McVay, even if they win Sunday, before we're talking about him being in Canton.
1: I know that we should probably wait for this thing tomorrow. I didn't even put it in the show notes, but I was thinking about it today. I'm watching a ton of Super Bowl coverage on all the networks, and I haven't heard this brought up one time, not once. Now, granted, we will hear about it on Super Bowl Sunday. I'll be golfing during the pregame, guys, okay, so I won't hear it. No. This might be one of the first times in NFL history, and I'm sure it's not because you'll correct me, but in recent memory, <laughs> that you have had coach, you've had mentor and pupil going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. I don't think I haven't heard this talk about once. Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach for Sean McVay. And what does everybody want? Fruit off the McVay tree. Mm -hmm. I don't think enough enough people are talking about this is the McVay Super Bowl. This is what people have envisioned.
2: People talk about the Shanahan tree. This is why Kevin O'Connell is getting a job as head coach of the Vikings with a resume that is as thin as a promise.
1: Right. This is the McVeigh,
2: not the Shanahan Super Bowl. This is the McVeigh Super Bowl. This is the secret sauce. Yep. That everyone wants the McVeigh secret sauce because it, Zach Taylor Zach Taylor probably did more for Sean McVay acolytes than even Sean McVeigh himself did. I mean, <sighs> Taylor wasn't even an
1: offensive coordinator. He takes it to a whole new level that, well, you need to be an OC or a DC before you become a head coach. Zach Taylor has blown that out of the water. Now, granted,
2: it helped being a two-win team to get Joe Burrow. Right, and there were there are a couple of things that kind of come into play because there's there's the school of thought that says, oh well, the Bengals were really really patient with Zach Taylor, right? Because you know they they struggled in in 2020 and yet they brought him back for 2021. Well, there are a couple of things. He's out of a
1: job if Joe Burrow is not the number one pick. Right,
2: but the other other thing is they had Joe Burrow, and and the other thing that happened is there was a game that they played late in that 2020 season. I believe it was on Monday night against Pittsburgh with Brandon Allen starting, and they pulled off an upset of Pittsburgh. And so Joe Burrow had been injured for a few weeks at that point. But even without Burrow, there was that result at the end of year two that even in a lost season showed that this thing is starting to head in the right direction. Whereas you compare that with, for example, Vic Fangio. Maybe the Broncos stuck with Fangio a year too long. You look at that down the stretch of 2020 when, when they went from 7-9 and nine to 5-11 and 11, and their only win was at Carolina who wasn't very good. They didn't have the kind of win that offered indication that that boat was pointing in the right direction the way Zach Taylor and the Bengals did.
1: Coming up after the break we're going to have a new Hall of Fame class on Saturday. We know DeMarcus Ware is more than likely going to get in but what about Devin Hester? Special teams guys rarely get in but he's the greatest of all time. Should he go in? That's next. I
0: got to run looking from hiding. A Monday, Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom you mean. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back, Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co.
1: Okay, so in the next couple of days, we are going to know who is going to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. DeMarcus Ware is more than likely going to get in this year. Uh, Another guy on the ballot, one of the finalists, Former Bears kick returner Devin Hester is one of 15 finalists in his first year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. He has a record 20 touchdowns as a returner 14 on punts, five on kickoffs, and one on a missed field goal attempt. And he only played 11 seasons. He's a three time All Pro, All Pro, okay, named to the All Decade team in the 2010s. And he's one of two return specialists on the Top 100 all-time NFL team. Do you think he will get in this year? And should he get in this year?
2: Devin Hester is the very best at what he did. Yep. He, a kickoff and punt returner that you had to game plan around. And if if you kick to him, as the Broncos learned, in 07, And you and game. I were at
1: that game Eight. in Chicago, Todd Sauerbrun, all all full of PED, said, I'm going to kick to him.
2: Yeah. He was not a very bright guy, was Todd Sauerbrun? No, Sauerbrunn. but he loved to work out. I remember Mike
1: Shanahan famously saying something like, well, why does the punter even work out?
2: He said that Well, it was after he tested positive for ephedra, yeah. which was a weight loss drug. Yeah. And he famously said he didn't care if the punter was fat. Right. Right? Because right. he's a punter. Right. Right. But uh, Todd Sauerbrunn was all brawn, no brains, and he let the side down by kicking to Devin Hester. Right. But the thing is, Devin Devin Hester was the Barry Sanders of special teams in Mm -hmm. that when he got the ball, if you were facing him, you held your breath. Because he is the best at what he did, I don't care that it's quote-unquote only special teams. I agree. Because he was the very best to ever return kickoffs and punts, he should be in. This
1: year? This year, yes. I agree. Now, we just talked about earlier on in the show about coming up big in big games. Well, nobody came up bigger than Devin Hester. <laughs> When the Bears played the Colts, opening <laughs> kick, ninety-two yard return for a touchdown to give the Bears the lead, seven nothing, fourteen
2: seconds into the game. If the Bears had had any kind of offense in that game, Devin Hester would have been the MVP of, of Super Bowl Forty One. No question about it. Now, now let's get this.
1: Now let's turn this into something interesting. And I'm not trying to pick on him because I think he's a very good player. If anything, it's a compliment to him. I'm going to use Tim Patrick as my example. Tim Patrick is a very good wide receiver. Yes, he is. I would say he's at least top 25 in this league. Is that fair to say? Not top 20. There's
2: a lot of good receivers,
1: but I'd say... Top 30. Top 40. Okay, top 40. Do you want to... You know where I'm going with this. You want to pick somebody else off the Broncos roster? Pick Cortland Sutton.
2: Or do we want to go another position?
1: Cortland Sutton's a little different.
2: Okay. All right. You want me to go another position? Sure. Draymond Jones.
1: Very good player. Very good, yes. Okay, the thing is he plays a really important position, and that's the hard thing. That's why I wanted to go. I'm going to stick with Tim Patrick because wide receivers you can find. you can Easily, fi- yeah. Okay. All due respect to Tim Patrick, would you rather have Tim Patrick or Devin Hester? Devin Hester touches. Now, he played wide receiver, but they barely put him in at wide receiver. He, he- wasn't
2: a good route runner.
1: Right. So with that, Devin Hester will touch the ball maybe five times a game. Who would you rather
2: have, Patrick or Hester? I'd rather have the great player with limited touches. The guy who actually has an impact on your game plan because if you were kicking away from Devin Hester, that meant you were either kicking it, if you're on kickoffs, you were simply just going to give the opponent the free, the free 20 yards or on punts, it meant that you were going short and high, right? So he couldn't return it. So you were sacrificing field position compared to what you normally have. What about Corlin Sutton? You brought him up, so I'll bring him up to you. What about Corlin Sutton? He's a he's a very good wide receiver. I'd rather have. I'm always looking for special talent. I don't care where it is. Okay. Like for example, like Quentin Nelson. If I wasn't going quarterback at five in 2018, I would have taken Nelson, yep. even though the positional value was questionable because with all respect to Bradley Chubb, Nelson had special talent.
1: I agree, and I loved Quentin Nelson. I know. To me, did. he was one of those guys, you can't really say guys that can't miss because you can't be totally sure. He was as can't miss for me as I can imagine. Me too. Cortland Sutton might touch the ball five times a game. Devin Hester... You don't want him to touch the ball five times a game. Here's the thing. When you look at Devin Hester, you talk about seven multi touchdown games. That sticks out. With mm-hmm. limited touches. Okay. With that, this is what people are overlooking. Everyone wants to look at the touchdowns. People don't realize how many times this guy flipped the field. Mm-hmm. And that is not a stat that you see. He. To your point, you had to game plan for this guy. He is without a doubt a first ballot hall of famer.
2: Like, here, like here's an example all right of of how he of how he flipped the field consistently. He had six seasons in which he averaged at least 12 point8 yards per punt return. right. And when you do that over the course of the year, that's not because, just because you had one or two big returns it means you're it means you're you're breaking off 20 to 25 yard returns we should do that is a that is a field flipping That's return a, that is yes and or all the other times when maybe you're not flipping the field but instead of starting at your 18 yard line you're starting at your 35 because he had a nice right. solid 17 yard return right and he and he did that as well and don't and then kickoff and then and don't forget on kickoff returns how often you'd be starting outside of your 35-yard line because he ripped off a nice little 36-yard return on a return from inside the two, the five-yard line. You know what? He would he would actually change the game
1: today because how many teams now are trying to kick it to the one-yard line? You're
2: a not, lot because... You're not doing that with him. You're trying to pooch it and get it high, right. but the thing with Devin Hester is... Oh, he'd kill you. You're take, you're you're like okay. I'll just I will give my opponent twenty five yards rather than take a chance right. on this guy touching the ball. It's in, in much the same way that Champ Bailey, as a lockdown corner, you wouldn't throw to his side. And even though he would maybe have like one tackle, he had a huge impact because of what he was forcing the other team to not do. What do we have coming up on? Just in case you missed it.
3: Well, the Nuggets got a big win last night at home, and they had some key con- contribution from the guys on the bench. Finally, the bench unit making a big play in this one to get the Nuggets the win. We'll talk about who's been more important some of the younger guys or some of the vets that are new to the squad. That's up next, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: With Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason watches MileHighSports.com You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, it looked like good golf weather this weekend until I saw it's supposed to snow on Friday. And I'm thinking, well, can't go you know golfing this weekend. So Mandy and I decided to take a trip out of town. With that, I, as you know, I love to play golf. I know another guy who loves to play golf, my guy Kyle at uh, Optimum Golf. How are you, my friend?
4: I'm um, great,
1: Eric. How are you doing today? Uh, great. First of all, I cannot thank you enough for the one lesson that you gave. To me, I know she has another one with you tomorrow. Her game took off exponentially because of one lesson with you. She had three other instructors, and all were fine in their own way. But when we drove away, she said to me, I asked her what she thought. She said, I think I really connected with Kyle because he spoke in analogies that I could understand and he was incredibly easy to work with. So for that, thank you. And tell us more about your really award winning pros that you have at Optimum Golf.
4: Uh, and first and foremost, thank you very much. It's always nice to hear that uh people you're working with appreciate what you're doing. You know, especially when they're not right in front of you. <laughs> yep. it's always one of those good things and you hear some feedback, I appreciate that. Um you know what we do at Optimum is you know, we kind of reference the weather um earlier every day at at Optimum golf is perfect yep. right it's always dry it's always 67 degrees we can actually even on our systems we can change the sunset you can play twilight golf you can play partly cloudy you can play you know pure sunny it's it's always perfect here for that reason we really want you to be able to come in and focus on your game whether you're playing golf in a simulated environment or you're getting a lesson or you're getting club fit it's always perfect in here and that, that makes a big difference when it comes to being comfortable being able to swing and play like you're going to swing during the season
1: Let's talk about getting fitted for custom-made clubs because that is something that you guys specialize in. And now that it's February, and listen, we're almost past winter, and I think it's going to be pretty good golf weather in about a month or so, I would think. Uh, It would seem to me now is the best time to get custom clubs if you're serious about your game.
4: Absolutely. I mean, it's no coincidence that – all the major manufacturers that we work with or all the major manufacturers in the industry are now releasing their new product for um, the coming year. So, you know, TaylorMade and Callaway and all these companies are are releasing their product and we're starting to get it in, in stock. Uh, we do custom fit, so we fit. Um, it's often referred to as a cooler level fitting, but what it comes down to is I've been trained to fit golf clubs not only um, by mentors of mine, but also by major manufacturers that I've worked for in the past. So I am... Well versed in, in all the different shafts and all the different heads and golf club styles to get you what works best for your game. So I was... In addition to getting that fit, th- I'm sorry, in addition to that fit, we also build the products right here in, hmm. in our shop. So you're going to order them here and have them built for you here. So everything goes a little bit faster.
1: So, uh, yeah, how much faster does it go by going through you as opposed to a big retail store where you might have to wait a couple of weeks?
4: You know, if, you're, if you're ordering custom from from one of the other retailers in Denver, if you order custom for one of the major manufacturers, it could be in excess of six to 12 weeks. It just kind of depends on what you choose to order, on what fits you. Um, obviously, if we have the components in stock, which we're starting to compile our stock now, it could be as little as three days to get you your golf clubs. So it does make a big difference.
1: I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's thinking of getting custom-made clubs. Of course, I referred you to him. And, and he said to me, what do I need custom-made clubs for? He goes, I'm just trying to play some golf. I, I had a difficult time explaining it to him why it helps your game so much more when they're custom fit. So what what is the explanation?
4: I mean, it goes so much far beyond, you know, loft and length and lie. I mean, those things are very important, and, and that's a valid concern. But what, at the end of the day, you know, custom clubs are, are made for you. And, and let's be completely clear, custom does not always mean more expensive. That's something that people, a lot of people believe It's not necessarily the case. You know, clubs that are designed or built or fit to you does not have to be more expensive than going into a major manufacturer and picking up a set off the rack. It's just a matter of having clubs that cost the same or potentially less that are that are designed to fit your game. We all swing a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's important to have uh, products or, or tools that work for your game, for your swing.
1: How do people get a hold of you? How do they find you?
4: Uh, find us online at theoptimumgolf.com, or you can always swim by the Rhino store at 3565 Walnut Street. Uh, we're open Monday through Saturday from 9 to 8, and Sunday from 11 to 7.
1: And you also have a location in Park Hill.
4: We do, yep. And they're open 9 to 9, uh, Monday through Sunday, actually. So they are roll out, actually, sorry, 9 to 7 on Sunday. Uh, but pretty close to the same hours, and they are at 5059 East 38th Avenue. Both locations you can find on our website. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So just just give us a search, and we'll we'll be right there.
1: Make your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com, and Mia is very excited for another lesson tomorrow. Thanks, Kyle. See you tomorrow.
4: Thank you. I'm looking forward
0: to it as well. See you, pal.
1: Time now for The Final Word.
0: The Final Word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to
3: mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, a good win for the Denver Nuggets last night as they defeated the New York Knicks 132-115. to And Denver's leading scorer was coming off the bench... Bones Highland had 22 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, made 4 of 7 3-pointers, a plus-27 plus-minus on the night for Bones. Now, the Nuggets have been getting some great contributions from the rookie, Bones Highland. They've also been getting some important contributions from a veteran in the league, Jeff Green. So taking a look at those two guys who have both been with the Nuggets for the duration of this season. Who has been a more important piece this year specifically? The rookie or the vet?
2: Well, I mean, Green has played bit a bit more, so you'd have to kinda of, you'd have to go with him. But uh, you look at, at some of Highland's higher level performances. Like for example, um he had a plus eleven uh, in the in the thirty-six point win over Milwaukee. He was plus twenty-seven last night. I think it's a case of where Um, and he had plus 34 when they beat the Lakers uh, last month. I think it's a case of that Bones' ceiling is higher, but he's a higher variance player. Jeff Green is steadier. So on balance, Green's a little bit more valuable over the course of the year, but Highland is going to be more valuable in the future. He has a higher
1: ceiling, and he's brand new to the league. And yes, his highs are going to be higher, and his lows are going to be lower. His lows are really – I mean, when Bones is off, he's really off. Right. But then again, he's a rookie and he still hasn't played a lot yeah. in
3: his rookie season. And he doesn't let those off nights get him down, which yeah. is important as a young guy.
1: No, this the, he is the type of guy you can chop off his leg and he'd say, no problem. I got another one.
2: Needs to get a little a little bigger. Do some work in the weight room, though. Yeah. That'll, that'll come.
1: Well, we said that on draft night. Yes. Right? And
2: he's still and he still still is, doesn't have an NBA body just yet.
1: No. Coming up after the break, after I tell you about Mountain High Appliance, you can. Basically, try out any appliance you want to in any store, and that's a big benefit because you wouldn't buy a car and not take it for a test drive, right? You can actually do that at Mountain High Appliance, not to mention their sales staff. They can help you design an entire kitchen, or they can help you find something to fit your budget, go to a big box store. Somebody who sells you a refrigerator could be the same person that sells you a television. One of these things doesn't look like the other. Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, ESPN's Jordan Reed has a two-round mock draft. I'm not so sure you're going to be crazy about it. Are you crazy about it? Yes or no?
2: I'm fascinated by it.
1: Ooh, that's quite a
0: tease.